You're about to listen to a Second City Works presentation. Brought to you in partnership with WGN Radio. Subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming platform or listen on WGNRadio.com. And be sure to share. The Second City is back open for live shows, classes, and customized corporate workshops and events. But we also have all those things available in virtual formats. For more information, go to secondcity.com. You're listening to this podcast. You love podcasts. Hopefully, you also love the Second City and our work. You know who else will love podcasts from the Second City? Your colleagues and employees. I'm excited to share a new partnership that the Second City Works is entering into with Venly, an audio technology company that allows businesses to share audio and podcasts directly for employee engagement and learning and development. Our new series, First Takes, uses amazing corporate insights and teaching that we've developed through the years and communicates it in eight short podcast episodes. Share this content with your employees on channels like Slack, Microsoft Teams, SharePoint, First Up, and your LMS, all with enterprise-grade security, privacy, and analytics. Interested in sharing this content and learning more? Register at www.venly.co slash Second City, and we'll get you set up. Once again, it's www.venly.co slash Second City to get access to the First Takes content series. We're looking forward to learning with you and your colleagues. The Second City is a world-famous comedy theater, and it got so famous because it has produced generation after generation of comedy superstars. That didn't happen by magic. Second City's improvisational pedagogy fuels great performance, and the same practices that made stars of everyone from Bill Murray to Tina Fey can be applied for success offstage, at work, at home, and in the world. I'm Kelly Leonard, Executive Director of Insights and Applied Improvisation at The Second City. This podcast is about collaborative conversations, seeking connections, and finding a better way. This is getting the yes and. Days can be counted by the money spent. Today was just another better left unsaid. Days can be counted by the time to rent. Tomorrow is just another like the one that comes next. The corner of the highway that leads to the job at the desk by the boss with the Stephanie Rogers is the host and creator of Story Jam, a unique live lit and music show which promotes diversity, equity, and inclusion. Each show features original songs written for stories told by acclaimed national storytellers. Through Story Jam's studio, Steph and her team offer workshops, classes, and retreats. They also provide the chance for companies and organizations to use storytelling to build and improve corporate culture and develop marketing and sales initiatives. She's also a friend. Someone who I have stayed close with since our childhood growing up in Kenilworth, Illinois. Did you just say that? I can't believe you said that out loud. <laughs> well, I, always, I gotta say that. Come on, man. I say North Side. I'm from the North Side. Let's just admit to our Kenilworth props. That's where we, <laughs> that's where we grew up. Do you remember what age we met? Uh, I moved to Kenilworth in uh, when I was nine years old. You must have been nine years old then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were one of my oldest friends. I know. That's wild. I always adored you. Yeah, yeah. I was very fond of you, I too. loved you because you were off the beaten path. Everybody else was relatively normal-seeming. Now you now you find out later nobody was normal at all. No, no. That, right. That's exactly true. But no, I definitely felt like an outsider in that world, and not just because my parents were among the first Democrats and Catholics, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. there was that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was a different—I mean, it's such a funny thing to think back and 
you know, you just don't know. When you're swimming in water, you don't see the water. Right, right, right. Of course. Right? Yeah. And you know what? We were in very lucky water. We were privileged. We were we had yeah. everything we could possibly want. We had loving families. We had a safe place to live. And, you know, we had a great school, too. There were a couple, you know, very bizarre teachers at that school. But yeah. We can discuss that another time. Off, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole off other the record, story. <laughs> whole other story. Yeah. So, um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is we we get hired a lot at Second City uh, for storytelling, mm-hmm. but everyone has a different idea of what they mean by storytelling. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they're about oh, it's sales or it's leadership or it's pitching. You know, it's all these different things. So. For you, where do you enter the storyteller conversation? We entered it from a different point than than you did, um, because we started with live lit storytelling. I was going to storytelling shows. I was interested in live lit because I had an acting background. Mm. And so I saw this as like another solo show thing. I took a solo show class in Chicago after graduating from Northwestern. And in that class, I realized this is a world. Like there is a world of people who tell their own personal stories. So I got interested in personal narrative. Mm -hmm. And then I also realized when I was seeing all those shows that there was a missing link, that nobody was incorporating music into the story in the Mm. sense of like a musical theater thing. So like some characters Sings a, sings a song and they and then they they echo it with with what they're saying in the dialogue. So I sort of saw there an op- opportunity to create something there, but storytelling for us has expanded a little bit. I mean, I wish it was called something else because yeah, we had this conversation before. Yeah, I think yeah, it should be called something else. Like it should be called telling. I think it's yeah. just telling. I know, but it's it's. It's like the term soft skills. Like, we need a better term because yeah. those are the hardest skills completely, <laughs> right? That's right. Um, I think for, you know, when we are talking about storytelling at Second City, I always start it with the storyteller mm-hmm. and the, the human. And I think that's what you do, too. Yeah. That's, that's, and so you are looking for these very human stories to then – and I'm wondering, when you are writing your music, are you starting with that perspective, whether it's a yourself or another human, or does it come from another space? The music is actually, so we link up the music with the story. So you hear Mm -hmm. a personal narrative, and then you hear another angle of the story to allow the audience to further absorb the story and the the human that is behind the story. Hmm. So we take that piece of music, and it might be a character from one of the story, one of the, you know, from the story you just heard. It might be one person, and then we give them their own story. We, We use it as a jumping off point. Or we just kind of echo the story in a new and different way. But the music is original and written. It's crafted especially for each story. So I had to do, I was creating this one-sheeter for our corporate division. And because we sell storytelling, Mm -hmm. um, they were asking me to uh, cite some science. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Lanny Peterson, she's a psychologist and a storyteller. I had some quotes from her that were interesting. One is, quote, everyone knows a good story not only keeps their attention, it's also easy to recall and begs to be repeated. But it doesn't stop there. When a good story is being told, listeners are not only engaged, they're also involved, both in head and heart. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, and then there's this alchemy also mm-hmm. that's like a, a, apart from your head and your heart. There's something else that happens in a room where people are sharing their true personal stories, especially stories that have some element of vulnerability. The more vulnerability and a little peppering of humor in there, the more connection is created. I find. Yeah, 
You got a master's in written communication? Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. Why what is not? that? I did it like just a few years ago. Uh-huh. It's it was the coolest program. It was head head by Dr. Joan Cook. She, you know, is a writer from Chicago. She wrote for the Tribune and she's written many books and plays and stuff. And she was amazing. It was a mm. very tiny little program. It no longer exists. I think I was in the last class. Wow. But I really loved doing it. It took me like six and a half years maybe to do it. But it, it was a nice supplement because I needed some legitimacy. So now we teach storytelling at, at Story Jam. And in 2018, we started a little school. So we mm-hmm. teach classes. And we have done some corporate stuff, but we're more in the kind of personal, personal space. space. Yeah. So, uh, we, so I thought I needed to boost up my knowledge of writing and understanding mm-hmm. narrative structure. And I, I had a little bit of an understanding as a theater person, but what I knew more about was performance, not narrative structure. And I always love to write. I think I'm a decent enough writer, and I thought I was going to write a solo show. That's why hmm. that's what, I thought that would be my thesis. Right, but. Turn, I, <laughs> but <laughs> you know how the butts of life yes. go. So I ended up writing um, my thesis on podcasting, which is which is random. And we started our own podcast, which is why we have this setup here. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a great experience because now I understand things a little more from an intellectual standpoint on how to build a story and craft a story and how and the fact that you need to start with your problem right away. Yeah, there's the character, ha- the character, aka the person telling the story, has to have a problem. They need to get something, gain something, do something, lose something, win something, whatever, to share with the audience what is it you need because I don't care unless you tell me what you need uh, another quote from Dr. Lanny Peterson is quote stories about professional mistakes and what leaders learn from them are another great avenue for learning so this yes. idea of which is so central I know I, I talk about this all the time is like no one wants to hear how everything went great we want your fiasco <laughs> Right. That's so true. And I mean, and like great stand up comics know that, but I like great storytellers to do. You have to have that central, like, what obstacle are we going to get by? Yeah. Um, otherwise, what are you investing? Exactly. But, you know, really nobody cares. If you're, if you, you know, somebody told a story not too long ago. I heard a story about, uh, about somebody who lost something, but they didn't, they told the story like, I lost something. I needed to find it. So that's the beginning. So then Mm -hmm. you're like, ooh, you lost something, Mm -hmm. and you need to find it. What is it? And then they go through the story talking about how they went around finding it and looking for it and looking here and looking there. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, I don't care anymore. Because they didn't bother to bring you in. Arlene Malinowski, the storytelling teacher in Chicago and solo coach, she's amazing. She says that you have to combine the journey of events with the journey of emotions. So if you're Mm. not continually sharing with the audience your inner struggle, the inner story, because that's really what we care about right. you know the outer story is just a plot yeah you went here you did this you lost this then you, then you went home and, and specifics like the, 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 and we know this from from uh creating our comedy reviews which is like vague doesn't cut it that's not the <laughs> one's laughing at vague so give me yeah. and that's one of the reasons i brought kenilworth it's it, it while i while i we you both we both have this sort of like you know, we know we come from this immense privilege. That's why we say North Shore instead of Kenilworth. <laughs> but but it is essential to who we are and our upbringing. Yeah. And, you know, that's part of the story of us. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's, yeah. I think that's, and that's just going to be more interesting for whoever's listening. I'm curious if the masters changed your um, songwriting. 
It changed in in the sense of just lyrical choices. I think. I think you know, broadening the lyrical choices and and reaching mm-hmm. for the difficult word or the or more challenging word, and not just assuming that the audience wants to hear some some pop drivel that's really easy. Maybe they do want to hear that, but um, sometimes there are a few people in the world who want to be challenged by the lyrics, and so that that's that's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it helped, and because lyric writing is so different, it's not poetry. People. No think it's poetry it's really not they need something more accessible yeah no poetry is is so i i I don't have this completely thought out but one of the things that great poetry does is there's so much more mystery in there to to sort of insert in your your journey and with a song you 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 need you it, it is there's an element of narrative in there that i think that people are looking for Apparently, and I, I, I've been told that, you know, specifics in lyric writing is a good thing. Um, we are really specific with our lyrics at Story Jam. I mean, it's so specific that if you don't know the story previously told, you're not going to know what the heck this song is about, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's a, that's a genre. That's, we're doing that kind of on purpose. Mm-hmm. We're not writing songs to, to go on the radio, although... Please um, put my songs on the radio. That would be wonderful. <laughs> but no, but uh, but the songs are written for in support of each story specifically. Hmm. Did they have a life afterwards? They have a little bit of a life um, when you hear them on our podcast. But no, you, you know what? We write songs and we tell stories one time, and then we throw them away and do it do it all fresh stuff next time. It's a very similar thing to improv in that in the sense yeah. that it's 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 an art form that's sort of ephemeral, like fireworks. That must be so devastating for the improv artist. You know, you like did the most amazing thing. You were brilliant that night, and then you'll never get it. I back. don't know. I think that they. I think they assume they will get it back. Really? Well, think about great jazz improvisers. Yeah. I mean, they, I think it's a very similar thing. It's like the the gig is the thing, and the being fiercely in the moment, and and all you have is the people who are around you. This is why so many people would like. It's why so many broken people end up taking classes at Second City. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because the work is is about that, like, I can't be catastrophizing about the future mm. or ruminating about the past. I'm in the I present. Be, yes. And, I, and, and the person that crossed me is going to save me. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. That's the thing. You make me just want to go jump into a class right now. Yeah. With all well, those broken people. It was very funny. So uh, uh, last night, Steve Carell and his wife, Nancy, brought their two kids to the show. And he asked, uh, he's like, are there classes going on tonight? And so he dropped into like three no classes way. just to say hi to like these level A students. No way! Freaking out. That's awesome. Oh, it was great. It was and just, did he jump in and do some improv? No, he just said hi to everyone. <laughs> and then Nan- they they met and you know, uh, uh, actually St- uh, Nancy Steve's wife was his student. No way. <laughs> so, yes. That's uh, a stereotype. That's a that's yeah. A- that is absolutely. Well, All that's right. Funny. Um, I want to hear a song. Okay. And we can either talk about it a little bit before. We don't have to. You could just jump right in. Okay. <laughs> it is well, solely up to you. Why don't I tell you a little bit? So yeah. I've, I found a song that we wrote, that I wrote a, like, mm, five years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. that just, um, I, I forgot how, I, that I enjoyed this song. And I, and I found it again not too long ago. Um, it was written for a story by a woman named Annalise Razik. She... Um, tells this story. It's it's a one of her seminal stories. She was she found out she was pregnant, but mm-hmm. she was married to the wrong guy. Ooh. And so she's deciding very seriously whether she's going to have this baby. She goes to a midwife 
or some, you know, witchy poo person, and she gets a, a concoction mm-hmm. to end the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And it sits on the top of her kitchen counter for days. She stares at it every day as she walks by. And then she decides to toss it down the toilet. And turns out that uh, she had the baby. And here's the song I wrote for her. Sleepy children hear fables before bed. Cinderella at the ball, the wicked witch is dead. Each story has a most auspicious end. The evil stepmom eats the poison bread. But I never thought those themes were real. Just stories meant for other people. I realize the uh, upside All the tears I cry before I realize the uh, upside I love that. Thanks. I love that. Uh, so I wrote down Kurt Vile and Regina Spector. Exactly. Oh, thank you very much. That's not bad, right? That's amazing. So, so, but because you're also and vile, vile both in style, but also a story that dark, and you made it very light. Yes. She references fairy tales in her story. So what I do is when I get a story to write a song for, I just take the story and then I kind of highlight words and highlight things like fairy tale. Oh, there. And she actually says the word queen at some point. So I'm like, okay, I've got to use queen. I've got to use fairy tale. And then I thought, okay, well, then I'll bring in a couple other fairy tale myth kind of things like Alice in Wonderland, who she goes down the hole and you don't know, she doesn't Mm. know what's going to happen, but lo and behold, her whole life changes and transforms, and and that's exactly what happened to her, uh, to Annalise, the storyteller. I don't remember this, because I did this for you. I did one of your story jams. Yeah, you sure did. Did I send you what I was going to talk about ahead of time? Yeah, I wrote you a song. (laughs) I know you wrote me a song, Um, but I don't remember remember sending to you in advance, but I had to because you wrote a song. Yeah, you either, you you might have sent a recording. I don't know if you wrote or sent me a written piece. I mean, it's been a little while. Yeah, that was a while ago. But you know you have to come back. Yeah, I'd come back. You should come back. In fact, we have a show on May 25th, and we need one more storyteller, Kelly Leonard. All right, email me. All right. I think Uh, that was a yes on record. Yeah, I just... That was a yes on record. Yes, it is a yes on record. (laughs) Um, So interesting. And I wonder what... I think I'd do it differently now, knowing more about it, having done it before. 
because I think I went, I went as I do many things. My wife can't stand this about me, which is like she's like, so what do you got this week? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. When I get there on Monday, I look at my schedule and I yes. know if I've got like to be somewhere. I knew I had to be here. So I was like, I'd make sure I wake up in time. Uh, but I go into a lot of these things. And, and when people interview me and I'm like, I, I don't I know my stories. I like I, I've got them. Right, They're right, in right. There. Um, but I think I would craft something more now because I'd want to challenge you. Yes. You now you know. You know what goes behind behind right. the scenes. And I'm now I'm not the only songwriter because mm-hmm. I was realizing, you know, we were doing seven stories and seven songs and I was realizing that that was ridiculous. Seven mm-hmm. songs for every show and we were doing it in the beginning we were doing it monthly. Now we do it quarterly, but actually we're back to monthly again. Okay. So we're going to be doing it at Artifact events now um every last Wednesday of the month. And we just signed the contract with them. We're, we, this is our first, May is our first show. Oh, great. So I'm kind of excited about it. I want to have a few heavy hitters. And, um, and then we're going to do something, maybe something slightly different every month. So the first month will be a story jam. Maybe the second month we go, we're going to collaborate with Outspoken. It's an LGBTQ plus storytelling show. So we're going to do a Pride Month um, storytelling event in which we do stories and songs like we always do. But then in August, we're going to do solo shows and, and original songs. Mm. And then one month we have a cellist who does like a looping pedal cello extravaganza thing, and he's going to do improv songs oh, cool. for stories. So I don't have to write all the songs. Now. Yeah, no, I know. I, like I'm always you, you see these artists who are like, I'm going to do a song, you know, a, a, a week, and you're like, and then they always yeah. bail after like, forget it. <laughs> no way, man. Too no hard. way. I mean, you can write. You can write a crappy song a week, probably. And I, I have plenty of crappy songs. I mean, Story Jam, you know, with, when we were writing seven, a show every month, there, you know, some are written the day of the show. It's like, I'm, I'm just going to throw three chords together and see yeah. see what I come up with. And, and that's, that's okay, because part of the fun of the show, we have a new show, Kel, where, where we have an improv musician, mm-hmm. a musician who improvises. They hear the story for the first time, and they improvise a song right on the spot. Mm-hmm. We're doing it at Madame Zuzu's in, mm. in Highland Park, Billy Corgan's T-shop. Place. Maybe, yeah, if you've yeah. been there. Okay. And so every that's every month, too. So that's the first Saturday of the month. But that show is even, I think that's even more interesting because you're just sort of waiting for the musician to fail, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, they have to write a song on the spot. So yeah. they're scribbling notes while, like I do, just, you know, highlight and circle circle certain words or whatever. And then they write they write their, their song right after you hear the story. I mean, they're literally doing it right there. So there's this sort of kind of, you know, element of like, what bad thing is going to happen? Are they going to totally sure. fail? Are they going to come up with words? Is it going to be la la la? And that's the fun of it. That's the fun of that show, actually. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few different sort of uh, improv music companies. Baby Wants Candy comes to mind. Yes. We're very gifted. Yes. And it's, if you know the tropes, the general tropes, you can even group write songs. Uh, and you just you just have to, like, it's just a skill that has to be honed over time. It's an improv skill. I mean, we yeah. see it at Second City all the time, you know. And, and I, I love some of those musicians who, who, who you've had in the past, like um, Lawrence, Diane, what is her name? Oh, Diana Lawrence. Diana Lawrence. Love her. Like, she... Was she's really terrific? Really good songwriter. She's a really good songwriter, and she and I she then did a cool show back in the day that was called um, Composers Series, where we had to write songs on the fly. Mm-hmm. And but 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 there was a big but with that one. The audience was 
there talking while we were writing songs. We had five minutes, and there was music playing in the PA system. Oh, no. So we were at Katarina's that used to be on Irving Park. So she, that was a great, a great um, thing to build skill, you know, doing. But we had a lot of fun. Can we hear another song? We can, sure. Okay, let's see. Can't make a heart not break Can't raise a fallen angel I act like everything will be okay Inside a hospital Storm fills the page Though you are only 17 Every small emotion you convey Knows mortality Will it away Surrender So where'd that song come from? Um, that was a girl who had cancer. and um, You can be specific. You know, she, it, 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 it sounds like I, I wrote it for Nora, mm-hmm. which I didn't actually write it for Nora. Mm-hmm. Of course, it makes us think about Nora. Right. Um, it was a girl who... who um, who used to come to, you know, I sing in a church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm a singer, and I know you would never have believed I, this yeah, about me. Yeah, no, I read about you, and I was like, oh, that's not... I know, yeah. I was a pagan, um, I was a pagan witch, and now I'm a church singer. But um, anyway, no, I'm not, I wasn't a pagan witch, but... Um, You're a pagan witch adjacent. Yes, exactly, something like, exactly like that. Um, and, you know, I so I, I sing at this church. I was singing in the church one day thinking why am i doing this i'm i'm uh, i'm not churchy i don't know what i believe i'm not sure mm-hmm. if i believe and i was singing a song called you're my healer and somebody was sitting in the in the church pews mm-hmm. in the congregation and looking at me and tears streaming down her face and that is when i realized who gives it who cares mm-hmm. yeah. what I think and what I feel or, or what, I, what my beliefs are? I'm here as sort of a conduit for somebody else to feel something. And so Annie used to sit in the congregation with tears streaming down her face watching me sing. And, mm-hmm. and she would say, you know, Steph, you sing like an angel. No. I just love your singing. And she'd sing along and she'd sit there in the front row and she had some battles of her own. Um, she's okay now, though. Oh, great. She's actually okay. So that song was written for her. Mm. Yeah. But it apply I I picked it because it's a little bit applicable and I thought maybe Yeah. Well, I mean this is 
when the grief journey, which sucks, um, but the way you do it, one of the ways you do it, I think, uh, at least for me, was a lot of music, a lot of poetry, um, just art, like art and nature and connection. And someone was talking to me the other day about that of like, how'd you, how'd you, how'd you do this? And I'm like, well, what's the choice? I mean, the, the, right. the other choice is bad. Yeah. And I think we right. all know that. Yeah. So the other thing, and then I did enough reading to realize that you just got to put yourself out there and, and you, and you talk about it. You talked very openly about it and it was probably very profound for the community, for your community, your, mm. you know, your social media community, your work community, your friend community. I know that that, so all the feelings that we felt that your expression of them out, outward, your outward expression of them allowed us to take the journey with you and be there for you and support you. But also it allowed us to feel the feelings that you were feeling. I just, I didn't even think this when we were talking, but a storytelling. It's, yeah. I oh, mean, it's storytelling. Yeah. Oh, you're a master storyteller, Kelly. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You're a master teller. Storyteller, you know, when I think of storytellers, I think of like the guy like standing in a Viking costume and talking about myths and fables and legends and things. And those people are awesome. There are mm-hmm. a lot of them in Chicago. I had no idea when I started jumping into storytelling, I, I noticed that there is a whole world of storytelling mm-hmm. that's been here long before the moth, long before any of us came along. Uh, but the that's an art that I think that you and I both now understand and love and and use in our own lives. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's it's practical. Yeah. Yeah, because people people don't people respond to stories. I mean that that's a, that's how we learn. Yeah, yeah. Like facts don't do it, as we've seen. <laughs> Mostly for worse. You and I learned a lot of facts back then, back in the day, didn't we? Yeah, they weren't useful. Can't remember one of them. No. Uh, all right. In a, in a moment, I'm going to ask you for a yes and story, which is how we always end okay. the podcast. Yeah. But do you want to do one more song? Um, no, I can uh, No, who okay. needs more songs? We've got we've got songs. They can check out my we, um, my podcast. Okay, tell them songs. where to go for that. Okay, so you go to storyjamshow.com and you click on podcast, and then you can see videos, you know, photos. Where are we playing? Where are our shows? All this, all the things. All right, cool. Um, Yes, Anne story? Yeah, I've got a yes, Anne story. Oh, that's weird. I think I told you this story. But I realized that uh, <laughs> I'm in rehearsal. It's January of 2020. And Story Jam, we try to uplift unheard voices, as you mentioned. And um, because I'm a white cis lady, you know, doing producing a show, I, I'm trying to do my best to engender allyship. So... I said something that Mm. wasn't well-received. It turns out it was a microaggression. Of course, I didn't intend for it to be a microaggression, but the person who uh, I microaggressed, unfortunately, um, he took to social media. (laughs) And I got a little bit attacked. And Mm -hmm. it was sort of devastating. I was was like, okay, that's it. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be... Uh, I don't have to try to be an ally. I don't have to work at this. I don't have to have a show. I can just go live my life and uh, hit the tennis court and call it a day and sing a song every now and then somewhere. But I had a conversation with a storyteller whose name is R.C. Riley, 
and RC's black and queer. And I said, you know, RC, this is, I, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. And I don't think, I don't think I can do this anymore. And she said, Steph, we need you. We need allies. We need you. We need people like you to bring black voices, to bring uh, people of color, to bring queer people, to bring people who are underrepresented and, and marginalized to the stage and to, you know, to the public forum with their stories. And that little talk, she has no idea, um, you know, RC has no idea how much that little, little one moment of mm-hmm. her telling me to go keep going, how that changed my mind. But it got me back. I went into social justice training. I spent two years <laughs> taking classes, trying to learn everything I could and mm-hmm. try to ab- absorb understanding privilege, understanding white privilege. And so lucky for me, that really changed the direction of where Story Jam went. It, and it actually kept it alive, too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> people really have to be able to make mistakes and atone for them and when they need to change they should have an opportunity to change (laughs) and they and also you don't have all the information there's all these different things at play yeah um and very brave of you to share that story too thank you very much i know i was kind of thinking what do i talk about when we say yes and well our yes ands are pretty constant but that was a major one yeah you know and i'm sure you have it what's your yes and Story. God, my, everything is a yes and story for me. Actually, the thing that I've been, when I've been having return guests lately, mm-hmm. um, and they've already shared a yes and story, I have them share a yes and a thank you because story. Which, oh. Which is based on yeah. the, the evidence uh, that we've gathered at the University of Chicago about staying inside a difficult conversation. And that idea of that, you know, it's, it's, it's could be applied here, which is you now you, you thank someone, so showing gratitude, and you find some point of agreement so you can keep at it. So you can mm. stay in the conversation. Mm. That's really, that sounds very difficult. It, it, it is, uh, uh, unless you practice it. Okay. And this is, this is the, the thing I harp on all the time with people, which is like, in every other medium, um, we practice. Mm-hmm. Peak performers, like Yo-Yo Ma does scales. <laughs> uh, yet there's a whole life that we live that we don't practice. That's so true. Like relationships, yeah, you know, yeah, relationships with other human beings and difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. It's it's so much easier to avoid and to not not go there. But I think some people seem like they're wired to have access to that a little yeah. more than others, right? I think they probably practice. Really? Yeah. Okay, let's practice. That's good. Steph Rogers, thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much. What a pleasure. Getting the Yes Hand podcast is produced by the Second City and WGN Radio. We are supported at the Second City by Mike Farinaccio and Colleen Fahey. Our show is produced by Andrew Harris at WGN. The music that you hear at the beginning and end of the podcast is by Jukebox the Ghost. If you're interested in knowing more about the Second City, you can log on to secondcity.com or email us at works at secondcity.com.
Survive.